0: Hi, you entrepreneurs. Today, we have Rob Garcia. He is Rob, the warrior strategist. So that equates to a business growth and visibility strategist. So if you want eyes on you, this is the podcast to listen to. We're going to hear his story of how he had his dad leave him at a young, young age. His mom was a druggie. He had family members that are druggies. He still fought through that. He went to high school. He had dropped out, went back back to school, went to the Air Force, went to college, dropped out of college, went back into college, got his PhD, and now he helps people get more eyes on them. So if you have struggle in your life, if you're coming from, I guess, a broken home, if you're just looking to grow your business, this is going to be the podcast for you. Please subscribe, please share, and tell your friends. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to the Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All right, so we are here with Rob. Uh, Rob, you have a long title. You, Rob, the warrior strategist. You are a business growth and visibility strategist. Yes, Okay. So kind of walk me through. I I think it's a little self-explanatory, but walk me through kind of what you do. Uh,
1: I take a person that's an expert in a field. So let's say a coach or a real estate agent or an author. And I help to elevate them to industry leader to the point where they're highly visible, to the point where they're connecting more with their audience, they're building their audience. Because when you're stuck at the expert level, if you're really good at something, you're fighting other experts. You have a lot of competition. You're not charging what you need to.
0: Okay. So – In that in that field, how do you usually find your clientele?
1: They find me. I've been very fortunate um, to just get clients from word of mouth. I don't have to cold pitch, take out ads, do SEO. Yeah. I've been very focused at uh, creating the perfect client experience, and I just get a lot of people talking about me in a good way.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, if you can do it for yourself, then I guess you can do it for your clients. That's kind of the idea, right?
1: Yeah. I'm the first two pages of Google organically uh, uh-huh. under Rob the Warrior Strategist, and I've been interviewed, uh, this will probably be 132 times.
0: Wow. What's your, what's your goal Do you have a goal to kind of set out or you just wanted to get publicity
1: um, my real goal is just to get very visible so that I can help other people and um, there's a lot of hard working great entrepreneurs out there but they just um, don't understand like how to elevate and that's my job fair enough no. <clears throat> I, I know your background because we talked about it briefly um, before we got on the mic that you
0: fell out of high school basically mm-hmm. dropped out of high school and then you kind of worked your way back into it then you've dropped out of college but kind of worked your way through it and then finally in the end got your PhD right
1: yeah that that's accurate okay. um
0: but let's dive a little deeper into it because yeah it a little simplistic
1: okay so I'm 43 so I'm, okay. I'm in that generation where uh when I was a kid they didn't have uh like ADHD drugs and yeah. they didn't have IEPs and all the neat things they have now to help kids out and so um I ended up just couldn't focus in the classroom and I failed at a high school I failed at two colleges and um when I hit my mid twenties, I started to, to figure out like speed learning strategies in order to um, be able to to learn and to focus. And I found that like drawing things and using colors and um, just a lot of diagrams really helped me to to cement learning concepts. And so I just stayed with the PhD program when I moved to San Diego. Uh, it took six and a half years, and it was it was hard, man. Fifty percent dropout rate. Just just everybody that goes in the program, half of them are going to quit. Because, I mean, it's it's, it's wildly intense. Um, and I just made a vow that I would never quit, regardless of how long it took me.
0: So <clears throat> what was what was the idea behind that? Because, I mean, for at least people that, that I've come across, if they don't go through high school, right, and they drop out, maybe they'll start back up and then go to college. But usually if they drop out of college, it's like, okay, I'm going to do a trade or I'm going to do something else. What was that driving yeah. force to go, okay – I need to finish the education.
1: So the transitional point was the Air Force because at nineteen I'd, I'd failed out of like my second college, and I joined the Air Force at twenty-one. Um, I was sleeping on the floor and I couldn't afford meat. Like I was, I was at the lowest point of my life, and joined the Air Force, finished my degree, um, and then moved to San Diego and started going to grad school. And so it was just, it was just consistent elevation. Um, as a little kid, I never even thought I'd go to college. Like I had, I had no hope. I was raised by a drug addict. It was, I, I didn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of options.
0: <laughs> so
1: like what kind of drugs or what was going on there? Um, pretty hardcore stuff. Uh, my, my mom, who's not with us anymore, she, um, she definitely partied a lot. Uh, she, I mean, it, it got all the way up to a crack addiction and for about a year I had to live with my grandparents while she was getting clean. And uh, there were problems with alcohol. Um, we moved something like 16 times between first and 11th grade. So really I was on that track to being a bad kid. <laughs> so what,
0: did you ever venture into kind of any kind of drugs or anything like that? Or
1: No. Um, I saw the effects that I had on everyone around me. Uh, a lot of issues with my family, uh, family members going to jail and are just dying. And um, I realized it wasn't for me. And it was just, even at an early age, I, I just had a semblance of morality where I knew it wasn't the, the right fit. And I mean, I, I think I tried pot twice when I was 15, and then I've had a secret clearance since I was like 21, so it's never been an issue. Okay, so
0: so walk me through, because okay, so you, <clears throat> you drop out of high school. Mm-hmm. You said how old are you when you uh, joined the Navy? Air Force. Or Air Force. Um,
1: 21. 21. Yeah.
0: What, so you were just, you were, weren't able to eat at your lowest point. How did you pick the Navy? How did the, or Air Force? Sorry, I don't know what you say Navy. How, do you, how did you pick the Air Force?
1: Okay. Here, pop there, there we go. <laughs> um, my friend had gone through. It was a good experience for him. He'd gotten uh, gotten a lot of good training, and um, I, I just uh, I knew that they had really good schools, and yeah. I knew that I'd be able to eat chicken, and um, so I just joined. And I was like, yeah. And I I ate a bunch of chicken. <laughs>
0: did you Did you Google at that time, or how did you How did you find basically the Air Force? Like it was just like.
1: Um, I just heard about it from some friends. Back then, computers were still in their infancy. So we're talking, you know, between 96 and 98. Um, and I just went to the Air Force recruiter. He saw my apartment and brought me a bag of food. That was the first thing he did because he saw I was starving. And then um, that was it, man. I just joined, just did one enlistment, and then moved to San Diego.
0: Okay. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty curious about the whole Air Force avenue of it because this is someone that couldn't focus, right? You really right. couldn't focus. You go into the military. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I've never been in the military before, but I'm assuming they want you to focus.
1: You just touched on something that nobody's ever asked me in 130 plus interviews. (laughs) And um, I love this. So uh, I almost failed out of my tech school. So I go to B-52 avionics school. So I was an electronics guy. And um, there's tests like every single week. And I was probably in school for seven months. I had to go to two schools. And it, it was a struggle. I was the dumb guy in class. And I really didn't have those the, the focus that I do um, and the habits. I was just a goofy twenty one year old just trying to survive and and I did make it through my schools, but it was it was very close. So when you weren't able to focus in Air Force,
0: did they make you do extra like work? Did they <clears throat> like how, how did because I, I know because I I have the same thing. I couldn't focus as a as a kid. And sometimes you get slapped kind of thing and yeah. you know focus. And so i don 't know if you had that lifestyle when you're growing up, if it was like some spanking or something like that or in the air force was okay well do push ups if you can't focus do some push ups or go run or how did they kind of keep you on line
1: it was um I was the guy, and it really it wasn 't great because like the other guys that were joining me were all really high performers, like two of them became pilots oh wow. you know? okay. it was it was pretty intense um but i just i i wasn't i wasn't the worst guy in the shop, but I definitely wasn't the best I was on the bottom tier. And really the focus issues, I mean, it just made me a decent technician. I never broke anything. I never, like, really messed up. But I just, um, you know, I just got made fun of a lot. I mm. don't care.
0: So so after your tour, did you ever think about the idea of, of re <clears throat> No,
1: because I would have to, because of the job out of the state in Louisiana or North Dakota. Okay. So I was just like, no. So what brought you to San
0: Diego? What was that?
1: My friend John and Chris were living here. They're from my hometown. They moved down here and went to San Diego State. And I'd visited them at 19, and San Diego was the greatest city I'd ever seen in my life. Um, and so I just decided to, to come here. I slept on Chris's couch and became a tow truck driver.
0: Okay, this is a side note. So for people that can't see this, um, Rob's wearing a San Diego State um, hat right here. I'm assuming it's because San Diego State's doing really good basketball right now. That's why he was wearing a hat, but I have to ask.
1: Yeah, I was just sleeping at the, the SAE frat house uh, in 96 on Montezuma for three days. It was the greatest greatest experience I'd ever had. Um, but, yeah, just just San Diego gets in your head, and it, it just became that goal. And so I moved here, and even you know living in Chris's place and just sleeping on the couch and being a tow truck driver, it, still, it was still my stepping stone. And then I, I started going to grad school immediately on the GI Bill.
0: Okay, so you're a tow truck driver. Mm-hmm. Then when did you get the idea that you want to go back to college?
1: Um. I enrolled in grad school two months after getting into San Diego. Like, okay. I was not messing around. And I got my MBA in 23 months from University of Phoenix. Taught high school at Morse Engineering for five years. And then while I was teaching at Morse, I started my doctorate program, and I joined the Air Force Reserve.
0: Now, I would have to, I mean, think, and you can tell me I'm totally wrong off, off, off base. Yeah. When you're at Morse, mm-hmm. right, and you're teaching there, right, and these kids – some of them want to learn and grow, and they're, they're trying to get to the next level, right? Did that push you at all to, to take your journey to the next level?
1: Um, it did. That's the main reason I went for my doctorate in education, because um, I wanted to, if I'm assigning them to a two-page paper and they're complaining about it, I, I want to lead from the front and be like, look, i got to write a 30-page paper. I don't want to hear it. And it was, I, I, I'm still in touch with a lot of the, the kids I taught back in the day. So I was there from 05 to 09. Okay. So then walk me through, after you leave Morris, what happens next? Um, I got into a, a career field called technical writing. It uh, pays pretty well, and it's it's just where you make technical documents for, like, defense contractors. So I've worked for, like, General Atomics, Solar Turbines, Simer, uh, a few other companies. And then um, I just went, uh, about four years ago, I just went into full-time entrepreneurship. I, I just uh, I loved being my own boss. I love the freedom. Um, started a magazine and uh, just uh, doing my own thing since.
0: Okay, so did you have any... <clears throat> background in any of these platforms building a magazine anything like that Where like where did the knowledge base come from
1: i taught myself completely so as i was getting my phd i identified these learning strategies to figure out how to it's pretty much just speed learning not to be confused with speed reading but it's speed learning where you figure out a technique and you just do it really fast with research and so i taught myself how to make a magazine i taught myself how to write books and publish them so i'm, I'm an eight-time author um and so certain things, like complicated processes, as an entrepreneur, you figure out, okay, can I learn this or do I have to delegate it? Because something that's complicated, like graphic design, like something that, that takes specialized skills, being a mechanic, being a computer technician, whatever, that's not something you're going to learn overnight. So it's better to hire pros. And that's, that's one thing I've learned in business. Okay. So what came first? The, the books, the magazine? Uh, the books first. So I wrote uh, a book for teenagers called Teen Juggernaut. I, got on, I was really lucky. I got on like the morning Fox News here. Um, featured for that, and then uh, the magazine came out four years ago, and um, it's been good. I've, I've uh, interviewed Delta Force, SEAL Team 6, um, uh, New York Times bestselling authors, uh, and a couple seven-figure coaches, but we also try to have somebody really impressive on the cover. How, how often does your magazine come out? Uh, it's quarterly, so four times a year right now. Okay. I was doing it monthly, and it was way too intense.
0: What's the magazine's name, so people are listening?
1: Shift Advanced Life Design.
0: Okay. Perfect. And so now when did you, so you're doing the coaching, uh, at Morris and then from there, when did you get back into coaching, seeing that all the stuff that you've, that knowledge base that you've accumulated go, I can help out other people.
1: Um, it was a, it was a weird transitional process because I started off, you know, a lot of us, we change business models. Yeah. So we, we start off in one field and we're like, this is kind of cool. But, but then we find the one that really clicks with us. So my very first company, like I'd written the book, I started a skateboarding company I've been a 30 year skateboarder I'm I'm like Forrest Gump dude I've done all this stuff but but um started the skateboarding company turned it into like more of a lifestyle company did some life coaching for a bit and then from life coaching just straight up business strategies it was just the the most lateral fit for me and it just I I read a lot I absorb a lot of information it was just it was the perfect fit for me Hmm.
0: all right so how did it work with that first company
1: um, I actually did okay financially, but I was just loose and sloppy. I, I wasn't like really keeping track of like business records and and you know growth and marketing and all this different stuff. Like I didn't treat it. I treat it like a hobby and not a business. Mistake number one.
0: So how did you learn that mistake?
1: Um, I just uh, I just looked at what you know over the years. You kind of figure out like looking back, you're just like, oh wow, um, these were like like if I went back now and went back to that, I would do it completely differently. Like I would know more about who to talk to. I would have writers. I would have a great website, like all this different stuff. But but at the time, I just wanted to do something involved in skateboarding. But I didn't really understand like how to there, – there's a whole different mindset to running a business.
0: Okay. So if let's say someone's listening right now, they're looking to start a business. Right. Right? They have, let's say, a month. What would be that rough game plan of doing something in a month? Um,
1: The game plan would be – Okay. Write out a one-year plan. doesn't have to be a full business plan, um, but write out a one-year estimation with income goals. Figure out what your income sources are, like your streams, Okay, like what are the three to five things that you're selling. Um, figure out what your expenses are going to be. Start building your network. Start isolating your audience. Figuring out who loves what you do and where are they. So figure out who your client avatar is. And then um, make sure that you are – asking for help and you have a business mentor. So I know it sounds like a lot but like just seven things and you'll you'll do a lot better than a lot of people out there. I mean, that's
0: it's what would you say the best ways of
1: finding a a business mentor would be? Um you can read about them on like I mean any, you know, mid-level entrepreneur. I mean, obviously like Gary Vee or or Grant Cardone are going to be too busy or too expensive, so you want to find somebody, um, honestly, entrepreneur groups in your local area. Yeah, I go to Exceptional Entrepreneurs uh, every week on Fridays, and I've met a ton of great people. Well, so I mean, I'm always curious about
0: this. There was a, a person that I, I went to their training thing. I mean, I'm, I'm I try to be more active and talking to people, and if they say, "Hey, I got an event or something. They can help." I go, oh, hey, I'm willing to listen." Even if it's not good for me, they might have a sales pitch, something that I can take in my own business and teach my own team, right? Yeah. So I went to an, uh, an event, and the guy's talking, good talker, and I Googled him because i never heard him before. I Googled him because he's saying all these different things and all these different. And it was, it was interesting. Once you started diving deeper, the first like, first two pages on Google when you Googled him were either written by him, the pages, or they were his company. You know, so basically written by him. And yeah. so I was like, but you wouldn't tell because they had different names on it. They had like – and you had to really dive deeper into the whole thing. And I was like, wow, interesting. So,
1: I mean, with technology today, it seems like it's harder and harder to find a good coach. Yeah. Um, this has been a real hot-button topic. I'm, I'm very vocal on social media about how to hire people okay. because there's a lot of people out there that are misrepresenting who they are. The, the number – there are two ways. So you did it smart by Googling. Um, you notice some patterns, so that's good. So that's the first thing you do. The second thing you do is you type in their name and scam, see what pops up. Mm, okay. And then the third thing is you look at recommendations, and if you're thinking about hiring them, ask them for two people that have worked with them. Yeah. That isn't like their cousin or something, yeah. but that's, that's the best way is word of mouth.
0: Word of mouth, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it just seems like there's more and more people coming out and, and wearing that brand. It's
1: yeah. It's it's really looking at mannerisms as well. So are they desperate to close the sale? Are their promises nebulous? Are they not using contracts? I mean, it's you know there are certain little things you look for.
0: Fair enough. Now, <clears throat> so walk me through what have been some of your own personal hurdles of kind of building your brand, building your company, um, or even just life.
1: Yeah, personal hurdles. Um, I mean, I've had a balance between a nine to five versus. Um, you know, nine to five versus versus paying rent and figuring it all out. I've had months that were bad. I've done, in the last year, I've up-leveled everything. I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm signing like five-figure contracts. Um, I've gotten a lot more press, a lot more media. But I've also gotten a lot more consistent and a lot more focused, a lot more disciplined. Um, the biggest thing is until, until you're at a place where you're consistently making X amount of money, whatever your dollar amount is, for a couple months you need to cut out sports. You need to cut out video games. You need to cut out, um, some family time, not all, but some, um, you can't be going to like, you know, a, a pub on Sunday and drinking and watching the game for five hours and just being worthless. So you're going to have to put in some hours, um, until you prove your model. And, um, so my own personal hurdles were figuring out balance. Um, I've recently hired team members to help me with the magazine, some other stuff. It's going very well. um, but until you have that steady income, um, you, entrepreneurs are easily distracted, and they're very, especially if you have a creative mind, you'll wanna do a lot of things at once. And you gotta understand what things bring in money and what things don't, so.
0: Yeah, one thing that I, I started to do <clears throat> is, so, cause I, I have my, my hand in a lot of different things. Yeah. And so I'll assess the different opportunities I have, right? Then I look at that opportunity and I go, okay, what's the system in place, and how much time is it gonna take me to incorporate this in my business? Yeah. Right. Can I leverage it? Okay, it's going to be a monetary thing? It's going to be a time thing? What's going to be there? And then once I feel that I have a strong enough system to incorporate it and it's not going to take a drastic amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, then I incorporate it. There's stuff that I, I put in there I go, well, the value's not there at this moment yeah. where I'm not going to get the greatest of return to to incorporate this right now, but I see the benefit in it. So I just got to figure out a, another way of uh, skinning <laughs> that cat, basically.
1: I did something yesterday. I did the most deep dish planning session I've ever done yesterday um, at Better Buzz Coffee. And I did something That's a really nice place. You
0: look at the one that is in Hillcrest, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really nice place. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it is. Um, The tonic espresso is amazing. So what I did is something called LOE, LOI. I I wrote down all my income streams, and I wrote down level of effort versus level of income. Mm. And so anything that is high effort, low income, you want to get rid of. Anything that is low effort, high income, you want to keep. And that comes with automation. Mm. So by doing this, it was the first time I've ever done this, and I really looked at it. There's nine income streams, and I'm just looking at the different designators and really what it made me realize is I need to automate a lot more. I need to get an evergreen course out there and selling on its own. Cause it's completely out of my hands. I don't yeah. have to deal with it. One-on-ones are the most time consuming, yeah, but they also bring in the bacon. So it's, it's important for people to understand if they have multiple income streams, like where are they spending their time? What is fruitful? What is selling? What's popular? And to really understand, um, spend your time better and then eventually just task it off to your, your, uh VA.
0: Yeah, it makes it makes sense. So has that been one of the, the biggest hurdles or has it been anything else besides I know you said that I think before we talked that when you're overseas, I think your your mom passed away right of cancer?
1: Yeah, that was a that was a bad one. Um last year was the most tumultuous year I've ever had I think in my life. I went to Qatar for six months to do uh anti-ISIS uh combat support so I'm just working in this air operations center. Um, I knew my mom had cancer. We talked a little bit. It was, it was terminal. And, um, so it was a chance I took. Um, we weren't super close. We'd had years where we didn't talk. And, uh, three months in, I got the phone call, like your mom's going into, you know, uh, organ failure. You need to call, call over there and, uh, and, and talk to her. She's got two days to live. And, um, so I just went home. I got to talk to her. Uh, we talked for probably two hours and, um, you know, we just, we, I just focused on the positive. I, I didn't bring up anything bad. I just, I, I really put myself in her place and I thought if it, if I was on my deathbed and this is my only child, like I, I just wouldn't want to, you know, I'd want to, I want to keep it very light and very, very, uh, fun, as fun as you can in that situation. And, um, cri- we cried a little, we had a great time. And then, uh, in the morning I called again and she'd, she'd passed away in her sleep. It was, it was perfect. It was exactly resolved how it needed to. I came back, um, Started a day job, and five days later, I had a sleep-deprived nervous breakdown, quit the job, went into entrepreneurship full-time. Damn.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's really helped me grow, especially if I have, like, anger towards a person, right, or I used to have anger towards people, <laughs> is I, I tell myself, I go, they did the best they could with the tools they had.
1: You're a big dude. Who would make you mad, Vinny? <laughs> <laughs> you clearly work out. <laughs> the, I mean,
0: there's, uh, yeah, there's stuff that, that gets under my skin sometimes. And it's like, just breathe for a second. Yeah. Just breathe. Okay, they did the best they could with the tools they had. And I mean, it, st- stuff like that, I mean, like, it, it surprises me and, and i it's so great that you were able to actually come to peace with your mom yeah. even though after all those years, there's people that like, I know people like this, where it's like, they they wait like 50 years to finally have that conversation. You're like, oh my gosh, you basically held this, Gretcher, 50 years? Yeah. And it's like, it's petty. It's it is, and, and the thing is, is what's that that one saying where it's like, uh, anger only affects you because the other person does not know better or something like that. There's some kind of idea behind that. Yeah. And so yeah. Anyways, what so looking at what you have accomplished to this point in time, right? If you could look back at that person in high
1: school that dropped out,
0: like what kind of advice would you give
1: them? Um, I would tell them that there is a silver lining. There is there is positivity. There is hope because um, in high school I had, I had no hope. And in ninth grade, I absolutely wanted to take my own life. I, I hated every single day. Um, I was living at my grandmother's house. She was a hoarder. Uh, cockroaches, rats, um, uncles breaking into my room to steal things from meth. Uh, it, was, it was it was rough for a 14-year-old kid starting high school, just trying to figure it all out. And my, my first report card was, like, all Ds and Fs. Like, I just I, I just remember that was probably the worst time I've ever had in my life.
0: Did you ever blame
1: any of your family members? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, and I just... um. That's why I left at, like, 18 or 19. I left the state. I, I just couldn't be around these people anymore.
0: Did Did you ever come to feel like, I mean, I know you had the conversation with your mom before she passed away. <clears throat> was there ever, like, a moment where you just kind of forgave them?
1: It was just more just avoidance. Okay. Um, because you can't, there are certain people in your life that are, are not going to change. They're, yeah. s- they're set in their ways, and that's, that's fine. Yeah. That doesn't have to be who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And so, um, moving to San Diego, I've surrounded myself with some great people. Uh, I I do a lot. I host events at my place in Hillcrest and holiday parties, stuff like that. And just, that, that feels like family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do any of your, your relatives reach out to you to this day?
1: Um, I have a half sister I'm close to. I have a grandmother and, um, that, that's pretty much it, man. My, my dad left when I was three, moved to Mexico and, and, um, that, that's it for family. Uh So I've had to be a self-starter since like 18.
0: Well, I mean, I guess that one thing is, is. You're not, you're not burdened with, I guess, people that are going to bring you down because you got to pick, basically, your true family now, right? Like you're talking about. Yeah. So I guess there's always a, a, a silver lining, I guess, in that sense.
1: Yeah. It, it's, um, you know, I, I talk to people that have families and like all this strife and, you know, personality clashes and stuff. It's just so foreign to me because I just, I don't deal with any of that stuff. So it's weird when, Oh, me and my sister fight all the time and you know, she married somebody I hate, blah blah blah. We went to this gathering with twenty people, it was awkward, and I don't know what any of that's like. Well, it's so funny, so so I was in
0: Afghanistan for a year, and it's so funny because like I love my family. I love my family to death, but of yeah. course we have like the squabbles, that kind of thing, every once in a while. And so one of the best things I would, I would say while I was out there is I'd just be like, Oh, the Wi-Fi's down. And so that I would I wouldn't have to deal with basically yeah, any smart. of this stuff. Like, I like and it. so it's like it's like, wow, so much easier. But now it's like the reality is you can get in contact with me probably any second of the day. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of advice would you give uh, entrepreneurs out there, things to look for, people, maybe people that have kids that are struggling because they can't focus. <clears throat> like what kind of advice would you give people out there?
1: The advice I would give, uh, find a business mentor, first of all. Um, whether you got to go to like entrepreneur meetings in San Diego, there's a ton of them. You know, yeah. there's b there's exceptional entrepreneurs. Um But you definitely need a mentor. You need an accountability partner for once a week um, just to to deep dish and to talk about strategies and to um, collaborate. And then um, strategize once a week. Like sit down, go to a coffee shop, write out your income goals, write out what you need to get done, and um, plan for growth. Make sure that your business has a plan for growth every year. Increase your fees and um, self-learn as much as you can.
0: And if someone's an expert in their field or a field, they're expert in their field and they need more exposure, how would they get in contact with you?
1: Uh, my main website is yournextlevelofsuccess.com where you can join my Facebook group, uh, Success Engineers with Dr. Rob. It's completely free and I give weekly trainings.
0: And then before we, we, we finish this uh, episode, I just want to check what's next for you guys, Rob. Um,
1: What's next? I'm going to create a branded event for March um, in San Diego. I've got uh, an entire year of projects, um, I'm running two digital courses right now for visibility and growth: Destiny Project and Tax CEQ, and um, just increasing the income, but increasing the impact. That's really what it's about. It's changing people's lives. Well,
0: oh, I appreciate all the time you've given us, and I mean, it's. I mean, there's a lot of times it sounds like you could have just <clears throat> gave up. I mean, there's probably a lot of people that have have given up in your situation. I mean, having <clears throat> drug addicted family. You know, I mean, dropping out of high school, dropping out of college. And, I mean, it seems like you persevered. And, I mean, I have to give you power to that. And so I think anyone listening right now that, that feels like they have a struggle or they need to get to the next level, I mean, I think you'd be the perfect person to talk to because you've gone through the struggles.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Um, everyone listening, please subscribe, reach out to Rob. Can you say your information one more time, Rob?
1: Yeah. Uh, the main website, yournextlevelofsuccess.com, or you can find me on Facebook, uh, Dr. Rob Garcia.
0: Alright, thanks again Rob Again everyone, please subscribe, please share This is the, the Road, to product, Road to Growth Podcast And just trying to tell people stories Thanks everyone Thank you for listening to the Road to Growth Success of an Entrepreneur Please like, subscribe, and stay connected Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com Yeah, I created a website Hope to see you again next week The Enriquez Group Signing off